0: Because right now I feel I'm like on a stream of cre- creativity and it's consuming me like 24 hours. Like, of course I have like life at work, but I'm very energized to be creating all the time. And I wasn't like that before. And I know I am like that now, but I don't know if I'm gonna be like that in the future.
1: You're listening to Well Fed. I'm your host, John Sorentino, a designer based out of New York, and on each episode, I sit down to talk with one of my creative heroes, individuals whose work, style, and ideas I admire and continue to be inspired by every day. We discuss their past, present, and everything in between. Hey, before we start, I'm trying out something new this season, and I need your help. I'll be releasing episodes every Tuesday until the final episode, and I'll be keeping my fingers crossed that I can keep up. I would love to get your feedback after every release, and I'll be giving away stickers and pins to everyone that helps out as a thank you. All you have to do is leave a review on Apple Podcasts or share the podcast on social media. Take a screenshot and DM it to me on Instagram or Twitter, at WellFedPodcast, and I'll send you some good old-fashioned snail mail. With that, enjoy the episode. On this episode, my guest is Brazilian motion and 3D artist Lucas Camargo. You may have seen some of his fictional characters online through social media under the name Untitled Army. His work portrays emotions and experiences we are all too familiar with. And prior to letting his creations run wild, Lucas has worked as a creative director in the advertising industry. He now says he's just a puppet of a bigger art master plan that might take him nowhere, but helps him to struggle through life. Lucas, thank you so much for joining me.
0: Oh, thank you. Thanks for inviting me.
1: (laughs) I'm very excited to have you as a guest because your work is is very... uh, very unique. It stands mm-hmm. out in yeah. a lot of what's being created in culture today. Yeah, but you're also very hard to find online mm-hmm. in some yeah. of your past experience. Before we jump into some of that, you just came back from a conference called Pictoplasma.
0: Yes, exactly. How was that? That was amazing. It was um, a first time I speak as an artist, and it was like a great experience to see other artists speaking and like kind of share some of um, similar struggles and some of similar feelings, but, um, at the same time, like getting in contact with people, uh, that loves my work for kind of like the first time in like person, not just online through Instagram. So it was like a, a, really, a positive experience for me. I got really excited and more like, um, wanted to do this kind of like talks and feeling like inspired to talk about my work. And Pictoplasma
1: yeah. is, is specifically a, a conference around character development.
0: Yes, exactly. So they, they kind of, they've been around for a long time. I I remember seeing them when I was in college, like they had like these big books of like characters, kind of like pulling, uh, many illustrators characters and the characters are always like weird or have like something uh, special and unique. And they got in contact with me, uh, in the beginning of the year, since my work was like starting to, to be around like many social media stuff. So they saw me and they kind of invited me to be part of it. And it was, I was so happy because I followed them like for like more than 10, 12 years or something. So I was really excited to be part of like the conference here in New York. Cause they're based in Berlin, but they have a version of it in New York. So it was really fun. That's very cool. Yeah. You
1: grew up in Brazil.
0: Yeah, so I, I'm born, I was born in Brazil, like in a, I mean, it's this small like town in Brazil called, uh, the translation would be like new horizon. Um, and it's, it's like, uh, in the Sao Paulo state, which is like the, the main state in Brazil, but I grew up there and, uh, I did design school, uh, when I was around 17 and I started my career as a designer and eventually. I ended, uh, going to Sao Paulo, which is a capital in Sao Paulo state. And I started to work with advertising, which was uh, like in Brazil's advertising is sort of like a hub for many different creatives because there's not much outlets of, uh, creative like in us, for instance, if you write a book, you write a book, if you make a film, you make film like in Brazil, like all these people are in the agency because there's not much places that pay. Sure. Um, it's so, part of the job as, as well. Yes. It's the only real outlet that helps supplement that life. Exactly. Yes. So I ended at agency and I worked there. It was a Saatchi in Brazil and i worked there for a long time. And eventually through another agency here in uh, US Ogilvy, I kind of like came in 2010 to New York. Yeah.
1: So you went to design school when you were around 17. Before that, were you already somewhat leading into a creative path? Were you interested in that? What were you you doing when you were younger? So
0: it's funny because I, I mean, it's, it might be like probably one of my first memories is like trying to copy like a Scooby-Doo, like drawing. So I always, uh, memory of like drawing, it's there since the beginning. Growing up, I always like even like bought comics more for the imagery than for uh, the stories and stuff. And when I was teenager, I was very into caricatures. So there's a a part Mm. of my life that I was like doing like caricatures and, and I was like, uh, being part of like tournaments in Brazil. (laughs) And that's the thing, like there's, I really love like many, like different areas of creativity and I started with that, like more into illustration and like and eventually i went to design school which was something that i was like okay maybe being like a designer i can make money like because mm. I, I i was like it's hard if you want to be artist in brazil there's not much where you can go and like design seemed like to be like a place and, and kind of let me uh, like okay design might be like financially might be able yeah, to help you yeah yeah yeah
1: what kind of characters were you drawing
0: i mean up to like very recently my whole artistic like experience was much more like in the beginning it was much more like, okay, I, I want to learn how to draw. So, so everything I was into was like, kind of like, get, like getting to really do like a, a well proportioned, like everything like perfect kind of stuff. And when I was doing caricatures, it was when I, I kind of started to distort shapes and things, but very like more organic and crazy like shapes out of it but uh, i always love like illustrate and eventually that um led me into like start to do like weird characters when it was when i was already like an adult when i was on ad agency okay
1: because some of the work now i mean you know some of the work that I've come in contact to and am yeah. very familiar with now is almost a result of that being able to explore as a child with you know form and figure and, and these yeah. abstractions. So you go through design school, you eventually end up at Sachi and Sachi yeah. uh, in Latin America in Brazil. Yeah, what was some of the work that you were coming across while you were exploring the industry?
0: Well, when I was on the agency, like I was mainly like working with digital stuff and. I remember being when I went to Sao Paulo is when I, I really got exposed to, like, some sort of graffiti culture, and even, like, I was friends with, like, these amazing uh, guys called uh, Mulheres Barbadas, these, like, bearded women. And these guys were, like, amazing, like, a duo, uh, like, illustrating. They kind of, like, have um, a really, like, fun, like, uh, characters and stuff. I remember, like, seeing that and, like, oh, I love that. So I, I got exposed to this whole culture of, like, very, very colorful, like street art and like stuff. And then is when I kind of like started to explore my more like this, like, oh, like developing like a style or something like that. So it was when I was starting to work with advertising and expose it to like this kind of uh, like places because Sao Paulo is like a very interesting city. Like there's so many like amazing artists doing like street art. That's like unbelievable. So you get like really the Gêmeos, which is like, um, one of the famous ones, like twin brothers that mm-hmm. they're just like amazing, colorful artwork. So in like my time in Sao Paulo was like very inspiring by, by being uh, exposed to that because w- when I was in the inner country area, I was more in a bubble, but then in there yeah. I was kind of like more, uh, exposed and and then I it was when I, I, I actually, the Untitled Army is something people here now and are recognizing now with these characters, but it's something, it started there. So, so when, or that name has been with you for a while then. Yes. And it's, it's funny because it's like, I didn't plan the name, but <laughs> the name now to me makes a lot of sense to what I do. But when I, I started doing it, I like, I was more like. Oh, I want to come up with like a name and so I can do like art, but I didn't knew what I wanted to do. And then I remember I didn't speak English before I came to us. Mm -hmm. So zero English. (laughs) I remember like opening like a Photoshop and there's like always on Photoshop, there's like untitled. On the top, <laughs> and that thing to me was a word that I couldn't I, could, I couldn't see on title. I, I would see like on title or like I would see like a, sure, you a mix.
1: To try to translate it. In yeah. And, okay. So
0: I really like the the sequence of characters in that word, and like there was something. Oh, then I realized, okay, it's like not like no name or something like that. So then I like it, and I, it was a, a, a kind of like I mixed it with army because I wanted to be like oh that's cool like army because. <laughs> Like I have like so many styles and like, so I kind of mashed that into, for me, it was kind of like, I created that name and it was like a side project always like, mm-hmm. because advertising can be like very frustrating for art directors if they have, a sort of like need to produce outside, produce outside and kind of like express themselves. So I always like. In the beginning, I remember thinking like, "Oh, I'm gonna be like, do like uh, Batman." During the day, I'm gonna be like Bruce Wayne, <laughs> and at night, I'm gonna be like doing art and stuff and being like punk and and being Batman. But that was sort of like the way I saw in the beginning, and kind of it was with me all this time. Like all the time, I was doing advertising, I had the project with me. So mm-hmm. if I dig, like I have so many drawings and like I. I was like exploring oil painting, like exploring like different medias, always kind of like trying to up my craft because it's something I really like to, to be involved in, in the craft. And, and eventually the Entitled Army was like a gag. It was like just a name that I had that recently it kind of, I embraced it back when I kind of like started to, to do these characters I am doing now. So it's, it's, it's interesting
1: to hear that Untitled Army is a result of even as far back as when you were in Brazil, yeah. and it's a side hustle, yeah. something that you've probably had for more than 15 years, Yeah, and your work at that time is taking form in paintings and yeah. illustrations yeah. and drawings all the the while you're holding down a job in advertising yeah, and very much, I think a familiar story for a lot of creatives here in the city, you know, they're, they have to figure out that kind of medium of Mm -hmm. holding down and paying rent while also being able to kind of express themselves outside in the ways that they want to. Yeah. After a few years at the agency in Sao Paulo, you said you were able to kind of make the shift or the move over to New York. How'd that come about?
0: Yeah. So, at that time, there's no like Instagram or anything. There was like Flickr. <laughs> Tumblr and, maybe. Yeah. Like, Tumblr. so I, I had like some of my art on, on, on the, those websites and somebody at Ogilvy here, a Brazilian guy, uh, he saw me and he invited me to a freelance and eventually they liked my work and they just like hire me. So I kind of, I uh, was like, I had like already like a good position in Brazil. Like my career was like established, but then, then I came here and it was like, I didn't speak any English. So like at the beginning it was like a, this experience of like first you go, like you born again, because like <laughs> you don't speak a language, you have to work on that language and the way you speak, influence how people perceive you. And like, you might be a genius inside, but outside people might be like, Oh, this is like a dumb guy, like, or something like that. There's a big barrier that, that there is a barrier. barrier. Yeah. Yeah. and. But at the same time, like there was that opportunity. I mean, I remember like when I was 17 in college and and I was in the inner country area, I was fine with life. I was like, kind of like, okay. But as I was growing older and like being pushed, like to the capital. And like, once I got to the capital, that thing like, okay, that's enough. And then what's next? So getting outside of the country was that, uh, sort of like, okay, I have to go out because the first time I remember like traveling to another country, I felt like, dude, like I'm, I'm missing out a lot of stuff. I cannot be locked in Brazil. I need to go out mm-hmm. because I do feel like I have some sort of talent and I, I need to explore that in a way. So that was kind of like the feeling behind, like I got an opportunity and I was like, okay, I'll do it. Even if I don't speak English, I'll try like several scratch. yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: So were you, so in, the, I imagine there was a little bit of a transition period where you were kind of like freelancing remote and eventually you then made the move over to New York
0: full-time. So it was like, I was working, I was full-time in Brazil. Oh, okay. I got a job, I quit and then came. It was kind of like, <laughs> oh, cool. so it was that kind of switch. Yeah. What yeah.
1: kind of, what was the work, uh, involved at Ogilvy?
0: So Ogilvy was like, basically. Uh, I work with like clients like Ikea or American express. So I, I I was like working on with IBM. Like, so I work from digital work to films and like the work in there, like the difference in the the agencies in Brazil and U S like in Brazil, you work a lot here. You work a lot, but in Brazil, you work a lot. Um, so I was kind of. It's like, like Rambo. So when I got here, like I saw all these people struggling and for me, it was like a day in the park because I was was like, guys, you don't know how it is in Brazil. Like I was like, and so I had this, it's almost like a a feeling like the challenge wasn't like that, that much because like I was exposed to something like way more like stressful. Mm But with time, like I felt the stress was more not being able to be creating this stuff that I wanted to create. Like, mm-hmm. um, here I felt it was more constrained co- creatively, like the, because of course it's different market. like it's different. Even like visual language and I'm, I was exposed to a language that's much more colorful, much more like in your face. And here it's a diff- a little bit different. So in the beginning was fun, but with time it was just like making me like tired and not like being too much happy about it. Yeah.
1: You mentioned a little bit about like you were doing a cross between digital and film, and I just want to clarify a little bit what defines digital work for you.
0: Yeah. So digital, like for instance, when I was in Brazil, I was mainly working with digital. So at that time I was creating like websites um, and it was a different period. It was like 10 years ago and that time there was like flash which Mm -hmm. was like this animation tool. So I was like king of flash. I would (laughs) animate things and make them like look like amazing. So there was like this explosion of like hot sites. And and today there is not much that's gone because it's a different, like uh, it's more a product uh, focus. It's not much about like these little campaigns on on websites. So that was digital for me. It was like working with websites Mm. more creatively. It was not, not so like product. And then eventually I move into like creating like the whole campaigns, which means like I would take care of film and take care of like print and other parts of it, including digital. But and with time, I will have a team that would be dealing with stuff and. And I was more exposed at some points, like more into like just producing films, which would be the more like re- responsibility from commercials for the, for the crea- campaigns yes, for the creatives. Yeah, so that's a kind of like transition, and I like it because I was exposed to digital culture. I learned a lot, and then with time I was moving more into like the the films and the commercials that are more traditional, and and it was a fun experience to to be traveling around the world sure. to shoot like commercials. So it was like a uh, fun. Yeah. And you sort of talked about how, like you were able to be more creative
1: and the Latin America market than yeah. when you were in New York. And yeah. I'm curious, is that just, what do you think informs our, what, what do you think defines that kind of that constraint? You know, like, why do you think that is?
0: Well, I always thought that first, like I was saying, like I thought For me, like I always saw the Brazilian agencies, like this funnel of much more creative people. So then the competition was much more for creativity was much more up. Uh, so then it's, it's kind of like junior people are like amazing. Everybody was like amazing in here is not that it's not that people are not like good, it's just a different thing. It's just like, since all this creative creativity is just spread out in the agency is just like a job. And I feel like it's, it's, it's less the pressure about being creative. It's more pressure of the business, but this thing is changing in Brazil as well. So everything now is less creative and more focused on data and like, uh, numbers and all that stuff. Is so. this,
1: is there a, a moment of this, or is this a part of this is on the client side as well, like they're asking for more or they're asking for projects or concepts that are a little bit more informed by data, but a little bit safer on the yeah, creative exactly. they don't want to like overstep or anything yeah. like
0: that. Yeah. No, I I think that's it. Yeah. The more we know about stuff, less creative we are with everything. It's like movies, like we're never going to have like periods like the eighties where everything was guessing. So then we're producing everything Mm. and then you have the best and the worst. And now you just have the middle or something that feels like bland because you know what people are going to buy and you know where you need to hit. Like, and it's the same thing with, uh, Creativity in general, because like the agencies, they know like the market, they know the target, so they know what they have to do. It's less about like, uh, coming up with something that nobody's expecting and getting like this big, like top mark of like being innovative. It's, it's like more, reward. yeah, it's more kind of like everything's getting more plain in a way, but, um, yeah, that's something I felt like over the years, kind of getting more, um eaten up by data and numbers and that kind of stuff.
1: Are there any brands or, uh, agencies or studios that you think are kind of reacting differently or actually putting out more creative, like that things that you admire that stand out to you in the industry today?
0: I don't know. I feel like, uh, agencies, the way they are, they, they either going to die or evolve to something else. I feel future is going to go around like content. I feel because content is something like. Everything can be content, like audio can be content, like uh, films or animations, like everything when it's seen through that, uh, like lens, uh, you can be like small and then you can work direct with the client. So I think whoever is doing that direction, I think there might be in the sort of like right path because it's less about like, oh, I, I'm going to be here, like crunching, like ideas for months, which is what I felt in the agency, like mm-hmm. crunching ideas that never got produced uh, It's going to be much more like about like who is telling like good stories and partner with them. I think brands are at, in the future might be going more towards that. Uh, I want to tell a story with this partner that has this voice, then getting somebody that's just like, I feel like agencies that the way they are now they they just become commodity. They just become something that is being around for a long time now. And they're just like. Okay, give us your money, we're going to give you some ideas and, but you're never getting like too much really action happen or I don't know. I just felt like not producing that much.
1: I very much agree with that. This agency convention is shifting now, you know, within the industry of design and creative and advertising agencies have to do so much more now. I mean, I've seen a little bit of just being on the opposite side of the hiring of the agency. So I completely agree with you on there. Um, How long did you spend at Ogilvy before your next move, which I wasn't able to find. So, I mean, could you kind of fill in yeah. the gaps a little bit?
0: Yeah, that's interesting because Ogilvy, I remember I got to U S in six months. I knew I, I hate it.
1: The U S or the, or the working. <laughs>
0: uh, but here's the thing. Like I knew like advertising wasn't for me. I kind of thought like, uh, like Ogilvy might be my last agency and it was the way I, in the beginning I felt because I just felt like, I don't know, like this is, it's not connecting with me. So the work, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's not, there's nothing wrong with the agents. Like all agents are the same. It's just, and there are people that love working with advertising. I'm just Mm -hmm. saying like, I wasn't the right person, the right creative to be in that environment, but in my mind, it was like, I, it doesn't work for me to be jumping around agencies in the i S I'm just going to stick here. I know I don't like it, but it's okay. I'll do the best I can. And I did the best I could uh, all the time I was there, but. On my head, I always had this dream of like becoming an artist and getting out of there and like doing something else, which took a long time because I I had to figure out green card and a lot of stuff in the middle, uh, so when it came to that point, it was already like eight years Shit. gone. <laughs> and I hated it on the first six months. Yeah. Wow. So you really stuck it out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you mentioned that, you
1: know, one is like the decision because you were dealing with kind of the process of getting a green card and things like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, in terms of like starting to build this runway to become an artist, what yeah. were some of the things that you did? Was it just like putting in the hours, getting out of work, yeah. and then putting in more hours?
0: Yeah. So my plan was like... The way my work is now, it wasn't planned. Mm-hmm. It's an accident. What I was doing, was actually a different because when I was in the agency, I figured like I like 3d and I like animation, like animation was kind of like, cause when I was in college, I thought like, oh, I might work like with different areas of design. And I did that. I work in print for a long time. I work on digital, I work on films. So I work like on all these things and animation and directing was this thing that I never had done for real. And like two years before I quit Ogilvy, I kind of put in my head, like, that's something I want to do. Like, um, I had like played with 3d before, but I never really learned. So what I did is like, I I literally started to watch every single YouTube video, (laughs) like 24 hours. I was like watching everything and like trying to learn as much as I could because I, I was like already old in my career as a, a creative. Like I was in a point that's kind of like, okay, if I, and that's why it took so long because you get to a point that you are too attached and you're too comfortable with your health insurance, like, mm-hmm. and all that stuff that you feel like the jump is going to be like, like the hit. You're jumping of
1: a higher building. Yeah. So the heat's going to hit's gonna
0: be like a lot when you jump. Um, so I was preparing myself almost like creating this parachute. Of like okay, I'm gonna learn all this stuff. So when I quit, I, I might be able to like figure something. So I learned 3D in a short period of time, and I started to produce these little animations that had like little cars and like that are kind of like famous like movies homage. And that thing like I it was like a, a way to like learn 3D, and at the same time was kind of getting me exposed. So all this movement of like learning. 3D, eventually I was friend with like a design studio owned by Brazilian guys called Roof Studio. And we start to talk about, oh, maybe, uh, if I quit, like, maybe I could work with you guys, you know, because <laughs> they have done work, uh, for me at Ogilvy, oh, uh, like cool. they had produced like work for me. So you already had that relationship. So I, I knew them and I love their work and they're like Brazilian. So we, we had like a lot in common. So I was kind of like. Getting my head around, okay, I'm going to quit. I'm going to make less money, but I think it's like a a good experience. And, and it took me like around two years to actually quit and like being able to move on because I was learning all this stuff. And what happened is like, I didn't like these characters and this stuff. That's the area that you're not, you're not going to find anywhere. How this started and why it started? Sure. Because that it's, it's where, uh, the. Fun, not fun, but kind of like the irony of everything happens. is like, so the same week I was quitting Ogilvy, my wife left me. So it was like, I was building up this kind of like, I'm going to get out of advertising, everything's going to be fine. But I didn't realize that wasn't only me that was unhappy. My wife was like unhappy too. And. It happened that the same week when I quit Ogilvy, I was ready to move on. She like broke up with me. So there was a lot of,
1: there's a lot of things going
0: on. It wasn't
1: just like this, this jumping into this uncertainty of your job. Like also your
0: relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So there was all that was like, it's almost like I have to quit as soon as I can, but I wasn't doing that and, and I was dragging like for a long time, like quitting. And when I did, she was like over it already. And that to me was like, oh my God, like I did all of that. Like 10, like whatever, like uh, seven years in US, all this work, everything I've done, like for nothing. I was kind of like uh, starting like a new job that I was like very insecure about because I started in the studio and like the guys were like, I learned 3d, but the guys are like, we're using like another 3d software. So I was like, fine, everything I learned useless. is useless because yeah. I'm going to have to learn in a, a month, like everything again. So it was like this period where I kind of like, I was broken. I was kind of like, fuck, like my, my work is, I don't know where it's going. I had this idea of okay, I want to be like a director. I want to work on my art, but my art was always like escape was always like a aesthetic explorations of my craft, but th- there was never like a message behind it. Mm-hmm. And that was something like I have, uh, I was kind of a little bit frustrated because I never found like really a, a voice for everything I did before that moment. So when that happened to me, like it's when the entitled army actually. Came back. Born. Yes. It came back and it was like, it's an experience that it started like very, like, it was hard. Like, the beginning was re- really hard because I remember like the first, uh, maybe three months I was like on a couch. Like I couldn't, I, I was like crying on like curb Your enthusiasm. I was crying like on watching. Movies. Yeah, well, Like everything was like it's emotional, emotional. Yeah, I well,
1: uh, a, you were going through a lot at the time. Holy cow. So I
0: was like, and at the same time. I was not producing anything. I was kind of like very like feeling like a big failure in that sense. Cause I was like, I don't have anything to say. I was, I was kind of like trying to fix and like maybe trying to go back with my wife and like nothing was working. And there was a funny thing because I remember after like a few months, I remember there was one thing that always stuck in my head. I remember watching like a documentary of, um, uh, the, there was this artist called Crumb, he was like, um, famous in the eighties, seventies. And I saw this documentary of him like a long time ago. I remember seeing him like, cause he always carries around like a sketchbook and like a a pen and he's always like doing like line work. And I saw that in the documentary, him on a bus station, a, a bus stop. And I was like, oh man, that's so cool. I wish I had that like will of going out and like be drawing, like, and, and not, I remember was when I was in this dark time, like, um, uh, it came back to me, this uh, image of like a, a romantic artistic thing of like going out and be sketching on a coffee shop and, and be out like taking in your surroundings. Yeah. You know, because I was very like much more stuck at home and not going out, like mm. just being by myself, that kind of stuff. But I was like, dude, time am alone. There's nothing left. It's just like. I have to get out. So that's when everything started, everything I have now started on that point of me, like walking out, going to the near coffee shop, sitting down. And I was like, okay, I'm going to sketch without a judgment. I'm going to like embrace chaos. I'm going to just like draw whatever comes to my mind. And in the beginning I was like, oh, that's a silly thing. And then I did that one day, two days I did for a week, two weeks, a month. And I realized I was doing that, I started to do that every day. It was, it became like a ritual and it, it was interesting because the beginning, the, the drawings were like very abstract, but with time they started to become like, uh, like I, I would have like figures, like human figures, and I could see with time, there's like some themes around like my marriage, some themes around like, uh, me thinking about life and stuff. So there was a, a, a period before I was doing the characters I do now th- where I was kind of like digesting. It was uh, like working
1: through emotions. You're yes. working through a lot of thoughts that you're ha- that you're dealing internally with. And I think it's interesting because like you mentioned a few things. Like one, you start to learn 3D modeling. Yeah. Like very at the, at the very beginning, you start to teach yourself this through yeah. like any means necessary. So YouTube videos and things like that. Yeah. But then you're using... And what I was interested to ask you is, like, you were working through characters that you had grown up with. So, like, maybe some of this is more recent, but, like, I saw, like, you were into Ghostbusters and you are yeah. into Thriller and yeah, you are yeah. into Star Wars. Yeah. And I know there's a, probably more recent versions of those works, but that was interesting to you yeah. for you, you. were able to then kind of bring that into yeah. being interested to in learning these things. And then as you start to figure out your process on how you're going to create work and potentially try to find your voice, um, it's something that you're practicing every day Yeah, and again, you're working through emotions and thoughts in your head that you probably have never been exposed to and there's a lot to kind of break down. Yeah. Some of your characters, the abstractions of them are almost like poems.
0: Yeah. And, and, and that's interesting because, um, my, like. The, uh, there is like a, a a side of me like you're saying, like I really love like uh pop culture in general. Like that's something always is spill in my work. And but I always was like if you see my previous work, they were like very busy, like there's like a lot of details, like and the stuff I do now, they're like very simple um things. And that it's it kind of like one thing that happens to me, it's like when I started to sketch and, and I was just like, really, at some point I wasn't, I wasn't thinking about it. I was just like drawing, 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 drawing. But after a few months, I remember some of the drawings I was even like, started to like writing like balloons on it with some like quotes or ideas. So I felt like a need of saying something, right. But this, the same thing, the visuals are not doing it and I was struggling. Because I had something to say, my drawings were not saying that. So one thing that happened, like at the same time I was sketching and I was doing this stuff, like I was living my life. So I was kind of like starting to go out with other people. I was like, um, it was like a renaissance of everything I loved. So I was kind of like, even like the sketches for me, were kind of like revi- revisiting myself in a way of everything I loved and kind of like going to a core of like whatever I wanted to say so there is a few there was there, there were like a few things that happened uh, like one there was like this kind of need of saying something the, the things I, I felt and I was thinking about and another thing was kind of like I, I started to get exposed and, and I, I sometimes I get very pragmatic although like I love chaos I like to understand what's going on with me so I started to figure out the sketches were kind of like Um, trying to say something and at some point the forms were getting like more simple and more clear and to a point that they started to do characters. They were like, to me in the beginning, they were like silly because they were like, just like simple constructions, like simple characters doing things. But then I started to realize the characters, the more simple they were, the more strong the message on them, because. All the aesthetic thing was out and I was just getting to the core of like the ideas I I wanted. I was like, um, and then I started to like get very curious about like metaphors and like, um, uh, surrealism and all these kind of like movements. And there was one, uh, artist that I love to mention every time, uh, that's a filmmaker called, uh, Alejandro Jodorowsky. He is somebody that I stumbled on YouTube and I saw him talking about, um, all these parts of like, archetypes and metaphors, like his films are like very like crazy. He was doing stuff in the seventies and, and his movies are kind of stuff that you watch it. You don't understand what's going on, but something that it keeps like inside of you, like churning, like for a few days. And I got curious about like how you can, how people like a lot of these artists are like, creating imagery that sometimes like they are talking straight to something inside of us. Um and we cannot even comprehend what's going on. Like we're just like communicating into this like raw Mm -hmm. level. So I I started to give myself more of a direction into that way of understanding what I was trying to say and kind of like putting that in a cohesive way with my designer side, which likes aesthetics and all that stuff. So textures, colors. So the, the characters were like being shaped by like a voice that I had. And this idea that like the message that I wanna talk about, which is like relationships and like love and like existence and everything that I keep thinking all the time. So that's where the first character is born. They were born around this um sort of like need of talking what I was feeling about my, my, my marriage, about life. And and there is a, a funny thing that happens when you lose like bigger things that th- you're closer to freedom in a way, mm-hmm. because when, once I lost like my wife, I lost my job, that kind of stuff released me to be free to explore some, some things that I would be uh, before, like afraid. And that's why I liked the, like the Untitled Army. It was a name that it started like more than 10 years ago, but when I revisit, I was like, Oh, this is perfect because. I don't want to sign my name on these things anymore. Mm -hmm. So I'm gone I'm I I died, I'm dead. And that gives me freedom to do whatever I want. So I can, uh, expose my ideas without having the fear of being judged. And, and sometimes people think it's like a collective, like they Mm -hmm. don't think it's like one person doing it. And I love that. I love to not being like, uh, constrained by my name and who I am. So I can do do stuff that sometimes are like very, they're like heavy. Sometimes they get dark, but they're always like, there's always like a message that people connect with them. It's not what I want with this is just to allow people to unleash things they have inside of them, connect with the characters, have a giggle, have an emotion and move on. That's kind of like what I feel good about, like doing this art. Like it, it, it started like. Almost like becoming like a therapy for me because every day I was, and I do that every day, I do wake up 7am or 8am, or go to a coffee shop and I draw. I give that one hour every day to sketching. It's like my ritual every day. And it's a, a space where I found like I'm doing like sort of a therapy. It's like a diary, but people don't know it. People just see these characters like. And they don't know sometimes like some of these characters are like really born out of like a, a tough situation or something like very deep and like, um, that I was frustrated or there was going through. So there is a lot going on in them, although they're like simple, and they have like this friendly and colorful, like uh, skin on it. But the, the, the born of them was like all this journey of like me trying to find myself again, trying to find a voice. Trying to find like a way to s- express what I, I am f- feeling, you know, like and 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 all the struggles I have in life. Like, so it it was like kind of like born out of like that that thing. There's a lot. Yeah, I know. There's I, there. It's a lot. Yeah.
1: Where? So I just wanted to see if we can maybe piece together from when you started to work with your friends at over at Roof Studio. How mm-hmm. long were you there for? before, or was that another kind of campaign of working there while also working on what would become Untitled Army?
0: Well, I, I still work with them. That's my, my, so, cause th- that's the thing. Like I work with them as a full-time director. Mm-hmm. So my career, like that makes money it's with them. Mm-hmm. So I started when I started there, like uh, they, uh, of course, like they, they were like super, uh, they embraced me, um, not being like technical, a technical guy, but they, they knew I had like a creative, um, power. So I kind of like started in the beginning more like learning stuff, but with time and like, I learned like, okay, I know how to direct like a film. I know how to direct stuff. And I I'm getting like more comfortable with this stuff, but in parallel, all the work I'm doing with the untitled army, it's influencing what I'm doing there as a director, because Mm -hmm. with time, like people are recognizing me by my artistic voice and they are kind of looking for either for what I do. And, and even like my creative process is influenced by everything I learned in these last two years, because it's not only like like a journey of like healing myself, but it was a, a journey of learning how I am as an artist, which is, is completely different from what I was before. Like when I was in advertising. Um, it was a different, uh, mindset. Now I, ne- I never liked to call myself artist. ever. Uh, I thought it was like a scam, like being saying that, but now I don't, I don't care because like the feeling is different. Like I feel like now I created some sort of like, not that I created, like, but something sparked it that I feel my work there, a, a roof and my personal work is like one it's the same creative mind behind it. It's just this like loop of
1: yeah, informing your exercises and your rituals, kind of inform yes. the work that you're then outputting for either clients yeah. or you know professionally, whatever it may be. Yeah, um, you sort of touched on a little bit about how your characters have slowly but surely become simplified to having these kind of really interesting textures and colors and the messages become stronger over time as you begin to sort of chip away at this bigger, larger theme or idea. And as we're sitting here in your apartment, I noticed that you also have a ton of different paintings around your characters. What forms are you experimenting with these ideas outside and with these characters? I see online, it's a lot of 3D and digital. um, And here it's physical as well. Is that something that you're always playing around with?
0: Yeah. So I always love to do like physical things like, uh, like oil paintings or like all my 3D stuff starts with my sketchbook. I walk around with like this tiny sketchbook that looks like a Bible, but it's with me all the time. And so the physical part for me is very important. I do love to have my hands on stuff. And I, since I learned 3D and something I love, like it was like natural for me to start exploring the characters in the 3D world. And when I first started, I kind of, I was trying to kind of like break with something like, because the physical world, like there is one thing that was damaging me a little bit, because like, if you see like one of like these big paintings, this was something that was with me like for months. So it wasn't something that was allowing me to evolve because the technique was in front of me, was between me and like the next me. So. Once I removed the technique and, and started to do the 3d in a way that was more fast, then I could move to the next character, the next character, the next it's character, like not
1: being precious about yeah, it.
0: Yeah. Not being too pressure and finding like a pipeline or a way of wo- working on it. The way I work now, at least on this, uh, character is like, I created a way that I can do it like in a few hours, like a new one, if I wanted to do that from scratch, like before it would take like forever, maybe like it would take like two weeks and. And those you do all the technicals of like building the canvas, yeah, building, like, like that. a lot of stuff like that, um, so removing the friction
1: allows for you to kind to of me, just jump I, back into that, idea. I
0: realized once I removed the friction, I, I started to, because like creating the next piece to me, it's always that thing that it's, it's making my art evolve like so fast. So in the, the course of like less than a year, like it exploded because I, I am moving very fast. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not only like sketching every day, but I'm putting out a 3d version of it, which is like a fully w- colorful thing every other day. Like, so all these kind of like sketch and 3d taking turns on my timeline on Instagram, like was making me move faster in the, not only like the ideas, like, or getting better with how I form the ideas, because in the beginning, of course. Right now I I kind of like have a way in to kind of create the characters. Uh, in the beginning was much more harder. I'll be much more stuck into like similar things, but now I kind of like flow more like into more different constructions. I'm being like less concern about what's the end result. I'm Mm. I'm more concerned about making the next one and seeing how different it's gonna be and that kind of stuff.
1: So you've mentioned that like over the last year or so, your work has started to pick up speed. People are starting to notice that I came in contact through social media as as well. And you know, now you have these tools like Instagram and Mm -hmm. Behance, I know a lot of your work is Behance as well. Is there a goal that you have in mind as you continue to work through at this rapid pace, or is it just continue to kind of build on your craft and continue to hone that skill?
0: Yeah. I think about it in the moment, or at least the last year, I was less worried about the future and more worried about the present and trying to be focused on now. There's a few things I don't know. Like, because right now I feel I'm like on a stream of creativity and it's consuming me like 24 hours, like. Of course, I have, like, life and work, but I'm very energized to be creating all the time. And I wasn't like that before. And I know I am like that now, but I don't know if I'm going to be like that in the future. And I've seen, like, other artists, like, every artist have, like, a period of time where they're connected with something. It's like their own zeitgeist or something that... Uh, is there uh, whatever stream of like creativity is like very strong? I don't know when mine is gonna go away or if it's gonna be like this forever. I remember like seeing like Bob Dylan talking about like oh when I was like whatever the period of time I, I don't know I was just like sitting down in five minutes I had like uh, blowing the wind like that kind of stuff. I don't I cannot reproduce it now that I'm like old. It was like that period of time there was some sort of like stream of consciousness that was going on. It was like right there. So I was just taking notes. So that's kind of like how I feel. I'm like taking notes on something that I crossed on that's very rich. So I'm very worried about documenting all of that. And the, the, the execution to me is something I want to expand as much as I can, because I do have I can show you la- later, but I do have like, the the characters I started to do like, uh, like in 3d, like printed, oh, cool. very cool. Uh, so I am thinking like doing like big sculptures. I'm thinking of like doing oil paintings with them. So I think the 3d right now is the only media that I can express like fast and have some sort of like finished product. But in my head, I have more than 600 sketches done in less than a year. So. I have too many ideas to, <laughs> to be carving out, to execute it, uh, sure. somehow. Mm-hmm. So I know I want to be starting to do like big paintings. That's my next, I think goal, because I, I don't want to get constrained into the 3d environment. I feel my work, I want to move as, as broadly as I can. I, I, love that to be in the, the, the 3d space, but I want to be into the art space as well, more. Uh, so that's why I feel like doing sculptures and doing like paintings is like what I have in my head, but I'm not too worried because I know I have the ideas, I just need the time to paint them. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and that time will come. Yeah.
1: It's really exciting as you show me this 3d figure and in in person, and I'll make sure to have it somewhere either on the website. Um, but Lucas, where can people find more of your work? And as you continue to push the mediums, where can they stay in contact with you?
0: I guess like Instagram, it's, it's my, my main channel is where people get in touch with me and it's where I post my daily sketches and my, all my work is there. So if it's the closer you can get to me because I'm like there all the time, like, and sometimes like, of course I, I, uh, update my Behance and my website, but Instagram seems to be the tool that I can talk to people. And if you guys will like, follow me on Instagram, you're going to be like on top of your game with me. (laughs)
1: What is your Instagram username?
0: It's untitled army.
1: Yeah. Lucas, thank you so much for joining me today.
0: Thank you. Thank you for, for inviting me. This is like the first time I speak on a podcast and I'm very uh, happy for, for the experience. Thank Thank you. you so
1: much. This podcast is produced by me, John Sarantino, out in Jersey City, New Jersey. Editing, mixing, and music are all done by my friend, Kevin Bendis in Greenpoint Brooklyn. Definitely check him out. You can find out more about WellFed and where to listen at wellfedpodcast.com
0: or on social media at wellfedpodcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you soon.